So I'm a first-time delegate to this year's Synod for the Christian Reformed Church, which is pretty overwhelming because we haven't met for three years and the agenda is massive. And there are some pretty controversial and weighty topics on this year's agenda. So in order to make sure I'm ready and prepared for the gathering, I'm looking for advice from people who have more experience than I do. And since I know there are many other first-time delegates who are feeling the same way I am, I'm recording these conversations so you can prepare for Synod with me. You mentioned the advisory committees as being really probably our most, the place where we can have the most influence probably because it's a smaller group. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Each advisory committee will have um, various uh, assignments. Um, Basically everything that comes to the floor of Synod is filtered through Uh, one advisory committee or another, uh, except for maybe the executive director's report and things like that. But all the real business comes through advisory committees and uh, their recommendations, of course, uh, that they bring when the matter comes to the full body. Uh, They're quite important. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of set the stage for the discussion that takes Mm -hmm. place. And uh, that's why... You know, if you feel strongly about something and you see, boy, I'm not on that advisory committee, but I see they're coming with advice that's like the opposite of what I hoped they would be saying. Um, You know, kind of the little alarms might go off in your mind. At the same time, uh, it doesn't mean that the advisory committee's um, take on it is what Senate is going to do. I've seen many times over the years where an advisory committee will come with their recommendation and somebody from the floor of Synod speaks up and says, yes, but what about this? And uh, Synod might go a completely different direction. So uh, that's where, too, it's important to uh, be willing to speak up and and make sure you're reading the the information that's coming to you day by day from the advisory mm-hmm. committees so you can see what action they're recommending that synod would take yeah yeah and when you're on an advisory committee if if uh you might feel a little pressure uh, you know to come with like a unified report but if you really are convinced that the advisory committee is bringing bad <laughs> basically bad advice you do have the opportunity uh to uh, register your protest with the committee itself, Mm -hmm. and maybe even come with uh, a minority report uh, from the advisory committee. And there's all sorts of procedures for how Synod would handle that. So you're not locked into what the majority on your advisory committee says. And that's good to know, because Synod is supposed to be a place where you deliberate, where you discuss, and then make uh, the best informed decisions you can. And so... um, Advisory committee there, too. You can have a big role either by voting with the majority or even maybe by coming with a minority recommendation. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone if they're serving on an advisory committee and they feel like they're maybe the, the sole voice going against it? Do you have any advice for them on how to operate in that kind of environment? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> that's not That's not a pleasant place to be in because like I said you will feel a degree of pressure um, because okay so if the advisory committee comes with a unified recommendation it's more smooth like it's just a smoother thing and uh, there'll be some time constraints I think 
with the amount yes. of business that's being uh, conducted. And so you'll you'll hear a little, you know, let's all try to be as unified as we can. But but if you can't be, then uh, you just let the chairperson of your advisory committee know that you intend to bring a, a minority report. And then if you need help figuring out how to do that, and it might be a brand new thing for you, mm-hmm. then you talk to the synodical services people, uh, their office, and say, how do I do this? And they would give you information, how to write uh, an advisory committee report, in this case, a minority report. Mm-hmm. So it can be done. And if you say, I, I feel I need to bring a minority report, you might be surprised. There might be one or two others on your committee that feel the same way. And then you would get together to bring your minority report to the floor. So yeah, and you get to write that basically overnight you pretty get to much, do huh? It. <laughs> Not quite on the fly, Yeah, but you wouldn't have a lot of time to do it. But if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. Yeah. And if it means you uh, stay up late that night, to serve Christ and his church, you do it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as bad as when Paul was beaten with rods and left for dead, you know, and all that. But uh, you got to do it. Amen. That's true. You got to do it. Yeah. It's pretty pretty ridiculous to complain about having to spend all night typing on a computer when others have suffered much more for the gospel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And I have a feeling that there's going to be uh, quite a bit of that at this upcoming synod where there's going to be... Uh, I don't think our advisory committees will be as unified as uh, as maybe they have been in the past. And so I think we might get a lot of minority reports. With the issues coming, I would not be surprised either. Yeah. Um, because the diversity of opinion and conviction that's out there in the denomination, it's all going to be represented to some degree yeah. at Synod. Yeah, and so it probably, would you say it'd be good advice uh, once, you know, I think we're finding out on our advisory committees this week that we're recording this right now. Oh, okay. And so pretty soon here anyways. And so um, it would be good to be studying the the idea, coming up with possible, um, even maybe preparing for a minority report if you think your advisory committee is going to go in an unhelpful direction just so you're ready to go once you get there. Mm, Yeah, in the back of your mind. You would want to have that ready as a possibility. At the same time, if you don't know what the advisory committee is going to advise, you wouldn't know ahead of time exactly. You know, and maybe you could support you know three of their recommendations on a topic, but not the last two or something. And you can say that you know I agree with uh, this, 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 but not with that and that for these reasons. And um, I mean, you try to be as friendly and amicable and so forth as you can, but at the same time, um, there are watershed moments too, and I think our denomination is heading for uh, some of that as well, and you can't have some things both ways. Exactly. You just can't. You can't. Yeah. So... Yeah, do you want to explain a little? You've mentioned uh, registering a negative vote and then a minority report, and they're different, so what would be the benefits of registering just uh, a negative vote and not going forward with a minority report? Okay. Well, okay, so you picture yourself in the advisory committee you've been discussing, and then they come with a decision, and uh, let's say you can't really support it, 
in fact, you might even want to speak against it when it comes to the floor of mm-hmm. Senate. Then you uh, register your negative vote with the committee itself, uh, secretary of the committee, saying you reserve the right to speak against their recommendations. And so that's not quite as um, weighty, maybe, not mm-hmm. quite as uh, significant as uh, saying I'm coming with an actual motion to the contrary, but uh, you can reserve the right to speak against what your uh, committee comes up with, but you should, uh, you know, let the chairperson and, and, and secretary of your advisory committee know you're going yeah. to do that. Um, otherwise, you will get some static. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 